All right, everybody, welcome back to a long-awaited return of Fans from the Stands, episode number 21. I'm Mickey, along with my co-host, Ivan. Hey, everybody. Well, Ivan, I, I, to be honest, it's been so long, I don't even know where we left off. Well, we left off um, right after the All-Star game, I think, eh? Yeah, I think it was uh, that series... Uh, series right before Texas, I think, and and hopes were high. When I think we we're talking about possible trade, uh, oh, I think it was. I think actually we we talked right before the trade deadline. Yeah, and uh, we we're talking about possible trade acquisitions, and, and that's right. And we nailed it because we said they should get Barrios, <laughs> and and lo and behold, Barrios. And I think everybody thought that was going to be the the twenty was it twenty sixteen David Price move, right? We thought it's going to shore shore up our. Our, our starting rotation. So, you know, since it's been, we have the benefit of hindsight right now. Yeah. So that trade, we gave up uh, Austin Martin. Yep. And we gave up Simeon Woods Richardson. Yep. So what did you think about that trade? Um, it was a hefty price. But in defense, I mean, we've seen trades where we're like, Oof, they gave up a lot. And a lot of those prospects don't turn into anything, right? Exactly. And uh, I think what we've seen, and, and uh, some of the reports have said this after the fact, that Simeon Woods Richardson's velocity had kind of dipped this year. Um, and I suspect that he's likely due for Tommy John within the next couple of years or so. <laughs> Isn't that sad to see? You can kind of like yeah. pinpoint on a calendar after so many years of pitching, he's going to need Tommy John. Yeah. Yeah. So we have Simeon was, yeah, I heard, I've heard the same thing where his philosophy was down. His ERA was actually pretty high. Yeah. Single A ball. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. And, and Austin Martin, what'd you think of that? Well, Austin Martin's kind of tough because we haven't had him for long, right? Because we drafted him last, like last summer. Yeah. And um, I mean, he, he looks promising, but once again, his development wasn't there because he was supposed to be the, like the most advanced hitter in the draft last year. And we weren't seeing like awe-inspiring stats. Like he was good. He did make the uh, the futures game, but he wasn't spectacular, right? Like we were thinking like he was going to show up and be like like Bobichette, you know, in in the minors, right? But he really wasn't. I I have to I have to agree. I mean, I was we're trying to be positive. I think when we talked about him in our podcast, we thought you know he's he was pick number, I believe. Six, five, five, five. After, and he fell to fifth because he for a while he was supposed to go number one. Yeah, number two. So he fell to the Jays. Jays, I think, had other plans. And then when he fell to fifth, they just like, well, well, of course we're going to pick him. Yeah, uh, but I think you're right, and you've made two excellent points. One is that we've seen in the past, especially the Detroit to the whiskey trade, where and we've, we've all said where Double A gave up the farm yeah. for you know Troy to and David Price, but did he? Those prospects, except for I think one, and I forget the name of the pro, the, the he's a relief pitcher, Grossman, I think. Yeah, Kendall Grossman. Yeah, and he only turned into something this year. This year, really. <laughs> so we're looking and, at something that's like six years later. Right, and, and so I think you really have to trust your your scouts and your scouting staff and your player development to say, okay, you know, yeah, it is a high price, and I I think, you know, the Twins knew it was going to be a high price, but you still have two years control. Exactly. Yeah, he's we have, still a young, we, a young pitcher. He's a young pitcher. And, and what a lot of the 
you know, some of the, uh, the, the news reporters are saying is that they're hoping that now that we're in Toronto, that they can really kind of impress Berrios and possibly sign him to an extension. Right. And right. Cause you, you have a year and a half to do that. And if you, if it seems after about a year, even that's not going to be likely, I'm, I'm sure you can get a feel yeah. from the player, how he's reacting to the, the team, the city. And then maybe then you look at next year's trade deadline, you, you trade him for, for prospects. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, I mean, it was a high price to pay. I don't think you're going to get, but that's what, that's what the market was. Exactly. And, and, and what I liked is it wasn't a rental. That's exactly it. And that's, that's a typical safe move. And he's safe. He's an all-star pitcher. He's an all-star pitcher. He's only 27 years old. Um, he's got a good track record. I, I mean, I, the Jays don't, I, from, and we've talked about prospects uh, a lot during this podcast. And I haven't seen a lot of, we, we, we haven't talked a lot about a lot of pitchers except for Nate Pearson. So yep. to develop a pitcher takes a lot. So I think if you can get a, a guy in his uh, athletic prime, and you give up, yeah, two high prospects, but really now he's now you have a major league ready pitcher. Exactly. I, I mean, I think I think it was a, a great trade for the Jays. I, I was I was surprised because it wasn't in anybody's radar that the Jays were involved in that. Yeah. And who else did the Jays pick up? It was some minor. Do we, do, do we pick up anybody else? Uh, we we picked a up a, a yeah we picked up a couple of like you know secondhand clo- uh, relievers. We got, we got hand. <laughs> Yeah, right. We got Brad Hand and Brad, Brad Hand. We gave up Riley Adams. Yeah, and who, who else? Uh, Soria. Yeah, Joaquin Soria. Is he even Who's, since? He's on the injured list. <laughs> <laughs> Those didn't pay off so well. So, Brad Hand. So, if we can go back, we'll turn back time. We didn't. We say let's say it's the trade the day after the trade deadline. We haven't seen him pitch yet. We gave up Riley Adams. Even so, my reaction at that time was that we have a, we have a, a boatload of, of catchers. Exactly. I think Riley Adams is going to be a uh, probably a mid-level catcher one day. Yeah, he's, he's not, not going to be a starter. No, he's, and he if he does, he'll be like, you know, he'll bat probably he'll have some pop, two forty, two thirty hitter. I, I'm I'm just I'm just guessing. Yeah, um, but I don't. He'll never be an all star. I don't. I don't. I say this, but I'm sure people said the same thing about Yang Gomes. Yeah, when Chase traded him, but. Uh, I, for, and I thought, oh, another closer, that's great. We need another relief, another guy in the bullpen. But, man, that trade hasn't really <laughs> turned it out. It really hasn't. I mean, his stats as a J aren't horrible, but he's just – he hasn't pitched well. So what, what are his stats as a J? Uh, he's got a 338 ERA. Right. Which is – I mean, it's it's high for a reliever because relievers, you're trying to keep your, your ERA below – three yeah um but it, you know i think i was happy when they first got him because i'm like hey you've got somebody who's got playoff experience yeah. who's a grizzled veteran a and his, he's a left-hander and he's somebody who you could you know you can get to mentor some of the young relievers that we've had like we've got Sacedo who's young um we've got who's that other kid sneed with the long hair yeah kirby sneed yeah another then, another great baseball name yeah so, I mean, you've got a lot of these young guys and having a veteran who's been around the game for a while to kind of like mentor them is always a good thing. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Zach or uh, Grilly, right? Was it yeah, Jason Grilly? Jason, Jason Grilly. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like we weren't expecting, you know, anything spectacular out of him, but when they got him, it's like, hey, you've got somebody who's a grizzled veteran who's been around the game 
and can and, you know yeah for me i thought you know there's a guy that's going to come into the in the eighth inning probably set up romano and then, or and if romano's tired he's the guy that can come in and close because i guess <laughs> Dolis wasn't Dolis wasn't going to be that guy no <laughs> and uh yeah the end his last his past outings for Delise has certainly proved that so we'll fast forward now we're past the trade deadline <laughs> um the jays we'll go we'll talk about around the league or sorry around the horn segment um in a in a bit but the yankees made some moves that have really paid off yep uh, but still in the jays so lately the past let's say the past week a lot of a lot, a lot of things have happened one negatively <laughs> uh, george springer crashes into the wall somehow turns his sprained, sprained ankle. ankle into a sprained knee, sprained knee. I, I didn't know sprains could travel upwards <laughs> well when you look at the crash again you can see that his leg was kind of straight when he hit the ground so yeah he did twist his his knee but his or his ankle but his knee was straight so you can see that there's possible strain there yeah i'm i'm sure a lot of us who've you know played as played a sport and got injured in a sport where originally the injury you feel is in a certain location but then after you start moving around or the next day you realize oh it's it's not all it's not all my knee it's actually my back or yeah it was uh that was that's heartbreaking it was it really was because you just saw how much he adds to that lineup and he was on fire oh yeah he was on his way to another player of the week award he would have gotten three in a row yeah and he uh he won he won that game it was against boston yeah his three-run home run at the end of the game to yeah i'll walk off but it was in the eighth inning i think and he yeah it was it was disheartening to see right because yeah. i don't think that he's on the 10 10 day il i don't think it's just going to be 10 days especially mm-hmm. for a center fielder so i and it's and it didn't give me any confidence when the somebody asked montoyo like how long do you expect him to be out and he says that right now we don't have a timeline. We're hoping it's sometime before the end of the season. We're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> end of the season. Oh my gosh. FYI is a month and a half away. Yeah. Um, so there, there was that, there's that injury there. Mesa was uh, off taking off the 10 day IL, which is great. I think he has a lot to the bullpen. Yeah. And Rafael Delis, who pitched so well for us last year has been DFA'd. Yeah. And, with the way he's been pitching this year, a lot good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, really, because he's just occupying a roster spot for somebody who could you could bring up from from you know you can bring up Thomas Hatch or, or Nate Pearson maybe even if Kirby he's, Sneed is he Kirby, I think he's, I think he's back down in the minors so yeah and then there's that up. other one Connor that pitched yesterday he pitched two shutout innings it was like two perfect innings almost uh, it's just so we, we're now two weeks after the trade deadline the Yankees have gone on fire. I think they're, they have the best record in the AL since the, uh, since, since the trade deadline. They're also, uh, they went from a 500 record July 4th now to second place in the wild card. And the yeah. Jays after tonight's loss are four and a half games out of the wild card. How, so how would you describe the Jays after the all-star break? Um, <clears throat> Not to put you on the spot, but I would I would say like they're they're like a wave. You, you you're you're sometimes you're high and then sometimes you're low, and it's like, okay, can we just flatten the ocean a little? <laughs> we flatten the curve. <laughs> like, I'm sick. Uh, I'm getting seasick here. Come on, guys. It's, it's, that was a, it's a good way to put it because they were they come back to Toronto 
uh, which was, I don't, I don't think we talked about this. Their arrival in Toronto was, I mean, I'm sure any Jays fan, I'm sure got choked up watching that first game. I mean, it was, it was Montoya. Was the market, <laughs> he was, you could see him cry. And yeah. Bo- Bichette was, was singing O Canada with Vladimir Guerrero. Yeah. Um, it, it, to not get a little emotional watching that game, like you're not, you don't have a heart. I mean, it was just, or you're not a baseball fan. You, you realize, I mean, you don't realize what you have till it's gone, right? And we haven't had a, a team in Canada for over a year and a half. And they looked, um, and the fans, and they got behind them. It was electric in that building. Yeah, it was. And there's only like, there's less than 15 because the yes. 15,000 includes the staff and the concession stand workers and all that stuff. So you're it, looking at about 13,000. Yeah, seven hundred or something. They yeah, and they were on fire. I mean, they beat, uh, they swept Kansas City. They took like four of three or four out of Cleveland. I think they took three or four out of Boston. They're and nine they, and nine and two. Yeah, like, and, and, and you're thinking, is this it? Is this twenty sixteen all over again? Here we come. Yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna roll all over uh, the, the the Angels because they're not that good. We're gonna you know crush the crush the mariners and then uh destroy and then something and then we hit a brick wall yeah uh we got well we got beat by the angels we lost two out of three to seattle and then we just lost two against the nationals and the yes. worst thing about the nationals the nationals one it's just they're a terrible team they they, they were are, what they're, like they're like since the uh, the trade deadline i think they said they were like 10 and three or something like that like really and then they take two out of us like what how does that happen and it i don't know i don't know what you thought of the other of the performance but it just seemed uh, there's no energy does that make does that that to me that's what it kind of it just looked a little lackluster right it it see and it, it almost seems like when they they can never score enough runs yeah and they get it's not the, for a lack of runs. I mean, six, six runs six one runs. game and five the other. I mean, that's a lot of runs. And that's right. And I think when they score, I, I, it almost like they put pressure on themselves. After they score four or five runs in an inning, they think that's not enough. We need to score another yeah. three or four. <laughs> Bullpen is terrible. It is. It, it, it's, uh, I, I don't, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'd really like to know how many games bullpen has blown this year. Yeah, I know. Like, yesterday was frustrating because they finally get close. You know, it was like eight to or six to eight or something or eight, six. Yeah. And then boom, they come in and score four. And it's like, really? Don't and then today it. they took the lead. Yeah. And then they just score four again. And it's like, come on guys. Like what in the world? I, I, I feel for Montoyo because it just seems like he's throwing gas on a fire. He, there's, there's no move he can make. That... There's, there's nobody in the bullpen that he can rely on except for maybe Romano sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, and Simber was his guy for yeah. a while, but even Simber now is kind of giving well, up a few runs or walks here and there. Well, and I think it's because he's overused Simber because he was using him for multiple innings. And Simber, when he came over, wasn't, and it was specifically said he was great in non-leverage situations. Yeah. Like he he's, he's good for like your fifth, fifth inning, sixth inning guy. Yeah. Don't put him in the seventh, eighth or ninth. He's not, he's not, he, he was, they used it. They used him, I think, uh last week in a closing situation he did well yeah but he's not that guy consistently right he's a no. sidearm he's a junk ball sidearm pitcher i mean if he's not on that game he's gonna get rocked yeah so uh, now looking at the schedule uh we 
this <laughs> we were talking before the podcast this is supposed to be their soft, soft spot yeah <laughs> in their schedule <laughs> we're getting rocked uh but hopefully they play the next three against detroit in toronto so maybe we take three from detroit let's hope. I'd be, yeah let's hope they sweep detroit uh, at the very least, take two or three because uh, we're looking. We're we're looking before, uh, at the schedule before we came on the podcast, and we're talking. They need at least what we say, thirty wins. Thirty wins out of forty games left. Forty-two games left. Yeah. So they have to go 30, 30 and twelve <laughs> to win to make a playoff spot. <laughs> I mean, it's not impossible. It's not. I mean, the Giants are doing it right now, but right. They, they've done it all year. Yeah. Uh, if you if you look at the schedule, if they're ever going to do it, now is the time. I think. And have you, have you heard anything about Nate Pearson? Is he on his way back? I, I have no idea what's going on with Nate Pearson. <laughs> I, I really don't. It, it's like, uh, I, I think they pulled him back from us or from a start. I can't remember. Oh, no. But yeah, it, it's, he was, it's he was diagnosed with that sports hernia. Apparently, that was the cause of his groin injuries. And I, there was mm-hmm. hopes that he'd be back. He'd be in the bullpen, which would be a huge, a huge help especially this next month so we play three against detroit then we're in then we play four against the white Sox in toronto the mighty white Sox, who are picked to be probably the world series um playing for the world series out of the american league yeah um and then detroit again in detroit for three then we play baltimore so really out of the next uh three seven ten thirteen games we should we should win at least eight of them i would hope i hope uh, hopefully we win 10 of them um and then th- and then the schedule in september this is where we got to make up grounds we're playing oakland who's ahead of us new york who's yep. ahead of us uh and baltimore again will be a couple of games tampa bay ahead of us minnesota and then tampa bay again minnesota the new york i mean then, there's a chance and then we, we close out the season against baltimore again so there's a chance we're if if we play well, I mean, there's a, there's <laughs> thinking that dumb and dumber quote. So you're, so you're telling me <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a long shot, especially with the bullpens pitching. I I I don't know. And Vladdy doesn't seem like Vladdy. He doesn't. He's, he's. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he's pressing. I mean, he had a couple of hits the other day and. He's just not getting the luck anymore, I guess. The Where luck's all play? gone to Teoscar. Teoscar's on Teos- fire. Yeah, we should talk about Teoscar, right? One player yeah. of the week last week. Uh, he's got his average up now to 316. He's he's pretty much tied with Vladi now, I think. Yeah, his he's average. raking, right? He's yeah. like um he's he's now kind of become the MVP instead of Vladi. I personally I think Vladi's tired. It's quite possible. Um, he, I mean, this is really, this would be his first full year in the majors, I would imagine. Yeah. And I know he's lost, I know he lost 40 pounds, but he's still a, still a big kid. He's played a lot of games, played the all-star game. Uh, to me, it looks like he's tired because he's not, he's even, he's at bats. He's had a couple hits where he's, you know, got, you know, his regular 105 power velocity, <laughs> exit velocity, but, uh, he's kind of looked. A little like you know, the, he's back hitting ground balls again, yeah, and uh, without the same authority. Uh, hopefully, 
he gets he gets back on track and makes a run for September. Maybe and it's August, right? It's what do they call them? The dog days. The so. Dog days, right? This is when all the injuries start kind of piling up, right? Yeah. So might be a sore knee, might be a sore ankle, sore wrist. Who knows? We don't know what they're dealing with. Exactly. He's played a lot of first base, so there's a lot there's more than just you know hitting, right? He's been you know picking balls in the dirt and he's doing the doing the splits at first. And one thing that you can do is when you're watching a game is when they're um, running off the field after a play, mm-hmm. you just keep an eye on how they're moving. Well, that's a good, yeah, that's a good point. Cause if they're not in a play, then their limps and their, you know, their painful steps are more apparent. Like how we play every game. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Even when there's a play in the field. Uh, so let's actually, that, that, uh, that brings up a good, uh, a good, I was, just came back to me this, uh, when I said play at first base. So let's talk a little bit about how the Jays have been robbed on instant replay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like I, I, so Ivan texted me, I guess, uh, probably about two weeks ago or a week, maybe a week, a week ago. Yeah. We're talking like, we're, we're talking cause the Jays and do you want can you, you can you remember the, the play? It was Jays at first and second, I think, or how, what was the play that they got robbed at at home? Um, yeah, how did that one go? I know I remember the other one that really bothered me was the Guriel playing first base. Okay, let's talk about that one then. And that's oh, where Verdugo ran and didn't touch first. No. And Guriel um, was off the bag when he fielded the when he got the ball from the uh, shortstop, but while he was kind of like on his knees because he was kind of his foot then touched the bag. Right. So when they did the replay they basically awarded the base to Verdugo, even though he hadn't touched first base before Guriel managed to touch first base. Now, from some of the conversations I've heard among other like uh, professionals and and some of the videos that I watch online that kind of analyze these things, what they're saying is, is that because Guriel didn't appeal, so had he touched and said, hey, he didn't touch first, I'm touching it now, they would have called him out. But Guriel didn't do that. He just accidentally touched first. I, and, and then they're like, well, how, come, how can he still be safe, though, if he didn't touch first at all? And then they said, because he didn't appeal, it's um, last pass. So you didn't appeal, so... As soon as he comes back and touches before the appeal, it, it basically erases the fact that he didn't touch first in the first place. Right. Which makes no sense. Which is like such a convoluted concept. And I've, heard, and I've heard, well, he was impeding the runner. Yeah. So Verdugo didn't touch first base because he, he, was, he was trying to avoid contact with Guriel's legs, which if you look at the replay, wasn't even... He wasn't blocking the bag at all. Yeah. They just, they missed the call and somehow yeah. it gets overturned. And so that was one. And then it was a, the other one was a play at home. You're right. In Seattle. Where it, was in Seattle. it was in Seattle. Um, somebody was sent home. I wouldn't have sent them home. It was a pretty close play. It was a, it was a tag up. That's what it was. It, it was, was a tag a up from pop up. And, it was yeah. a guy. It's, I can't remember. I don't even know where this guy, this sorry, And this player, I can't even pronounce his name. Verasic, Ver, Ver, Valera, 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 Ravik, Valera. There you go. Very, thank you. Him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's played well for the Jays, but he, yeah, he was on third base. It was a 
foul ball in the, the first. Yeah. Foul and, ground. and the first baseman was uh, running back. So of course he had to turn and then fire. So like it, it was, it was his decision. Apparently it wasn't the coach that sent him. So, um, it wasn't Rivera, yeah. so he decided to tag up and try for home. Now it looked like he touched home plate before a tag happened Yeah, because you couldn't see the tag. So he was called safe by the home plate umpire. But then the, the Mariners decided to review the play, which is fine. I mean, it's late in the game and it's a big play. Yeah. And when they reviewed it, then they called him out. But the only way you can call a guy out and overturn a play is if there's like no disputing the fact that there was a tag that was made. So it was kind of frustrating because I'm like, how can you tell me that you can absolutely tell that a tag was made? Well, that, that it has to be right. It has to be undisputable evidence, right? Yeah. And I, <laughs> at best, it looked like he t- he got the play before there was a tag. Yeah. And at worst, if there was a tag, it was really not possible to see the tag. So that's where things kind of get convoluted and frustrating as a fan because, A, we don't know what the actual call is. Like, what did they see? What did we, what, did he miss the plate? Did you see him as in, like, he missed the plate? Or did you see, or did you see the tag clearly? Or is it just part, or does, because did, did the strap of his catching glove hit him? Yeah. And does that, does that count as a tag? Mm-hmm. So, and we, we talked about this during that week too, was they, there has to be some transparency, right? There has to be, there has to be, whether a tweet or a quick, um, a quick, I don't know, press conference, something like just a, yeah. a press release saying, here's, here's the reason why that play was overturned. Right. Just so it's not, you're not getting like this conspiracy theorist of New York just hates the Jays. Yeah. Cause you'll, you'll get that from the NHL, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the Not NHL real. will send, yeah, the, 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 they'll send out a tweet and even sometimes at certain games, they'll have the uh, ref go to center ice and basically say what's going on. And the NFL does the exact same thing. The, right. the referee, when, you, when he, when they do the re- replay, this, he explains exactly what happened, right? He'll say, yeah. you know, the, the, the runner's knee would hit the ground or didn't yeah. hit the ground. His left hand hit the turf first, which, which is, is, which isn't down by contact and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's, it's you know why the player, but in baseball, it's just like, uh, he was, now he's out. It's overturned. It's like, <laughs> why though? Like explain it. You know, if they, if the umpire came on the mic and said, yeah, there's evidence that he was tagged on the upper, uh, upper arm on the bicep or whatever. Yeah. Fine. I'll buy that. If you say, because maybe they have angles that our broadcasters don't, and they might see something who, who right. knows. Right. But, um, and, and to be, and to be completely fair, we're, we're obviously biased. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see what we, what we want to see. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, even if you, like, again, if you just say, you know, the, the, the strap and the catcher's glove touched his right by right shoulder before he touched the plate. That's why we called him out. Yeah. Sucks, but fair. I get it. Fair. Yeah, exactly. But that transparency doesn't exist in baseball. So a lot of the times you're getting these overturned calls and you got people scratching their head, like what's going on. So it, it looks like now, well, I will, we were, we, we've been pretty optimistic here with with the Jays. Uh, hopefully, they're gonna <laughs> go thirty and twelve and and make it make a wild card run. I don't. There's no chance of them winning the AL East. Uh, but 
if that doesn't happen, is this a lost season for the Jays? Well, I think you've got probably a career year out of Teoscar. Because, I mean, Teoscar is a, a new player. Like, he fixed something last year and he stuck with it and then it's yeah. working well. But he's not getting any younger. I think he's like 29 or he's going to be 30. 30, yeah. Um, so we're now in the downslope of his career. Yeah. Unless he buys the same juice that Nelson Cruz does. <laughs> um, and by juice, I mean just like fruit juices, not actual juice not the juice not the juice (laughs) just juice um but yeah he's um he's a different player but i mean i don't think he can keep up the pace that he's doing right now he's he's actually he'll turn 29 october 15th 29 okay so he's he's still got a few years but like i I think it's a i think it's a career year out of him right i think you have a career year out of uh marcus simeon as well You've had, a, I hope it's not a career year for Guerrero. I hope that this is one of many career years. Yeah. <clears throat> same, with, same with Bichette. But so do you think this, was this, was this the year they could have made a push? They could have had they addressed their bullpen issues from the start. Right. That's the problem is that the bullpen, like you said, we should probably go back and look and see how many games the bullpen has blown. Yeah. And I can guarantee you there's probably a good 15 to 20. Well, I, I'm sure you and I can count just off the, just off the top of our heads. Yeah. At least 10 games. Because I, I know we've had, we're like, well, Montoya, I can go back and look at our text history. We're like, well, Montoya <laughs> blew that one. Again. What kind of kind of ma- bullpen management was that? <laughs> it's, it's really, it's, it's, I, I think it was, a, it was a lost season. I, I think they had an opportunity. And here's what's, this is going to sound really odd. I think, I think April kind of screwed us. Yeah. Because it made our bullpen look good. Yeah. And we thought, oh, here we go. Our bullpen's going to be a strength. Chatwood's amazing. <laughs> Him at his 0.58 ERA. He's not even a Blue Jay anymore. Goese <laughs> is rocking it. And then and and then the rest of the season happened. And Merriweather uh, is phenomenal. And he was, to be fair. He, <laughs> I think he still could be. Uh, it, it's it's a lost year. It's and yeah. they they try to address their bullpen on the trade deadline and just prior. I mean, they got Richardson, and let's not let's not forget to mention Telez. We'll talk maybe we'll talk about him in, in the around the horn segment. He's he's raking. He is. He, we need, said, he needed play time. Yeah, and then we said he, he might be that David Ortiz that the Jays let go. But. I hope not. I hope he's a good player, but I hope he's not like the. Does it come to haunt? Yeah, yeah. So they got Richardson. They got Simber. They got Brad Hand. I mean, these were all like pickups that were supposed to ensure we'd have a good bullpen. And it's just, it's falling apart. It's sad because you don't know who to put in at what spot. The, the problem is like they say, you can't build a house without a foundation. Their bullpen had no foundation. No. Yeah. Well, one, was, you had one post Romano <laughs> and that was well, it. And you had a lot of pieces that were like, you had a lot, you had a lot of cracks. Yeah. Cause you had a lot of, Parts of the foundation that were possibly strong were strong for a bit, and then back to injuries. Right? We're, yeah. This has been the kind of the mo of this management team is you know not really go out and buy high priced free agent relievers. Yeah. We kind of get you know bottom of the barrel, and hopefully turn out to be something. Well, we did buy one high end reliever. He never played a game though. 
Kirby Yates. Like Kirby Yates. <laughs> <laughs> Even he, he was only like what five point six million. Yeah, I know they so, got a cheap. Yeah. We got a cheap guy that didn't play play at all. So uh, yeah, I, I uh, to me it's it would be hard. I'd be hard pressed to see the same kind of offense next year. Well, yeah, because well, like I mean, there's no way Simeon is coming back to the Jays. He's he's played his his free agent. He he basically bet on himself and is winning huge. Oh, absolutely. Because he's like, I'll take a small one-year contract, rebuild my my value, and then I hit free agency. And that's, like, that's I wouldn't small. be surprised. Like, who needs who needs a second baseman or shortstop right now? New York does. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's a great point. Damn it. <laughs> so right. That's a one-year, eighteen million dollar gamble he made, and he won. Yeah. Um. The Jays. I don't think the the Jays can't afford to to pay him. They have too many things coming up, right? Yeah. You're gonna need money. You're gonna need lots of money for Bichette and Guerrero. Yeah. And then, and then thinking about the pitching, like we're getting a career year out of Robbie Ray. Yeah. He's he leads the AL in ERA for qualified starters. So he and he's got he's same thing, right? He bet on himself for a one year eight million dollar. He's a guy that I could see. Yeah. We resign. Yeah. I hope we do because he's except for the home runs. I mean, he's he's pretty much lights out, and yeah. I think he likes pitching in Toronto, and I think he likes um, pitching coach uh, Pete Walker. Walker. So, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, there's some loyalty there, and he likes likes where he is. Ryu, when Ryu's contract's done, I don't think we resign him. I think that's no. His the end of his contract is going to be something that's going to be hard to swallow because I th- I don't think he'll be effective anymore. No. No, you can see where he's a big guy gets tired fast and needs that extra day off. Yeah, I, I yeah. So, anyways, to not to belabor a belabor a point, but uh, I think it was a kind of a lost year. I think we had a chance to really make a push, and we and who knows? Hope maybe we do. Maybe we go back on that role again, and yeah, the bullpen finds themselves. We get Pearson up, and he pitches lights out in the in the eighth inning, and I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see. I mean, it'll be like next year. I think we'll we'll have to see. Like, if we have Robbie Ray again, great. Yeah, we'll have Barrios for another year for the whole season, and Manoa looks like he's the real deal. He, he struggled yesterday, but I mean, that's going to happen every once in a while. Right. Did I, I was curious to I was curious to like I don't know. Did you find out who is who died in his family? He's on the bereavement list. Oh, is he? I have no yeah. idea. So I was wondering if that was maybe the cause of maybe he is kind of like lapse in focus. Yeah, he, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't look like a, he wasn't himself. No, yesterday. So, uh, yeah, he's been put on the bereavement list right now. So he's somebody in his family passed away, and our condolences to them. I hope. Uh, yeah, so hope I hope he's back and back to himself. I think he will be. I mean, he yeah. looks looks pretty dialed in when he's on the on the mound. Yeah, he's he's a special pitcher. Uh, so let's uh, let's move on to our around the league around the horn. I would, Called around the league around the horn segment where we go actually go around the league let's talk a little bit about a team we don't like to talk about the new york yankees about the damn yankees <laughs> so they make two huge moves at yep. a deadline and and something i thought wasn't super necessary was getting anthony rizzo for first base although it paid off well right <laughs> <laughs> like what do, obviously what do i know yeah uh I'm like, well, you already you already have Luke Voigt, who's hurt. He's been hurt a bit this year, and they put Rizzo at first. And Rizzo, what he hit, he hit like five home runs in three <laughs> games. He's on the COVID IL right now, but I mean, I think he's coming off today. Um, 
it was uh yeah it's been a little it, it, a little perplexing um then they get joey gallo yep uh so i mean i both both moves paid off huge for them i, I thought they needed pitching but i guess what do i know again what do i know yeah but was it really interesting was yesterday luke voigt was a little upset about his playing time yeah what did he say he said uh he was upset that he was he said last year he was i didn't keep the tweet uh, or the the comment the meme uh, last year he said he was in the top 10 of mvp voting yeah and led the league in home runs so he should get just as much playing time as anthony rizzo does yeah and i don't blame him absolutely he hit 53 bombs last year yeah i mean he's i mean he's not the defensively he's not a great first baseman then at least dh him yeah but right now he's being platooned and i He's not happy about it. And you know what, uh, Mr. Voigt, you want to come to Toronto? <laughs> DH for us. We'll, we'll take you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's, he's a little upset that it doesn't matter. They're, they're now in second place in the wild card. Boston seems to be scuffling. I wouldn't be surprised if they, I, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if Toronto passes them in the standings. I, I think that's going to happen. I mean, Boston wasn't expected to do this well at all. No. Like, I think we both, anticipated that they would you know that their pitching wasn't right up you know wasn't going to be good enough for them and for some reason and even if you look at their pitching stats they're not great they've just had really great hitting so far that's kind of like helped them along above and beyond yeah what the you know people's you know every average are yeah because like i mean their closer is who does barnes remember i said oh i love barnes because <laughs> he has blue two blue two saves against the jays the first one was a one pitch one pitch uh <laughs> home run to Simeon to yeah. walk off and then I, I read a comment on Twitter someone said well at least Barnes will be ready for the next game <laughs> you still be warm uh so that was that's the Yankees and I think I don't know who else well a move was made by the Giants seem to have paid off they've got uh their third baseman from Chris, the Cubs Chris Bryant Chris Bryant and uh they've now gone on a 13 and 2 run yeah well I don't know how I don't know how the Giants are doing this right we 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 this is like this completely caught us off guard oh 100 and and they've basically had their foot on the gas since the beginning of the season and haven't really let off it's and today today there was a highlight of um brian crawford brian crawford the, the shortstop i think for the uh the giants brandon crawford uh, brendan crawford yeah brandon crawford beautifully he's what 30 i don't know 49 years old <laughs> <laughs> he made a catch up the middle, dives, catches it, tosses the ball with his glove, like from his glove to the, like to the second baseman. It was just like, just, this is what, but this has been going on yeah. all year. Uh, Buster Posey. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's incredible. And then talking about staying in the NL West, the Arizona Diamondbacks had a no hitter. Yeah. Uh, the night before by a guy who hasn't pitched. Um, it was his first start. First start ever. He, he had four appearances, and I think this was his first start. Is Tyler Gilbert, and he's yeah. like, he's not, I'm not, not in a high rank. Probably think he's 26 years old, 27. But uh, his, the reaction from his dad and the crowd is pretty awesome. I don't know if you saw that, but um, so that that's been going on Major League Baseball. It looks like there's some. Looks like the White Sox will easily handle the AL Central. Yeah, it looks like they're running away with it. Uh, last night, did you watch the uh, Oakland A's pitcher that got hit? Yeah, Bassett, eh? Chris Bassett. Bassett. Yeah, uh, I 
that is the scariest thing to watch on a baseball field. It, it has to be. And I don't So it, may, it got me to thinking, I mean, it, how often is, how often is too much? I know. And, and remember when they had those little helmet thingies that they kind of built these yeah. donuts to put around the, the, I mean, I don't know if it would have helped him. It hit him in the face, I think. So he's got to hit him right in the yeah, between the jaw and like the uh, the jaw and like the right. I guess the jaw and where the jaw connects to the the skull. Yeah, like the cheekbone area. Cheekbone kind of yeah, I fractured that. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't think Major League Baseball is going to put up a cage. No, that's the, that's our league. <laughs> <laughs> so batter hits the cage, he's out. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what the solution is because I mean, guys are. Guys are now being trained, have a higher exit velocity, yeah. right? So that's so once again, this turns us back to when you remember back in the day, a pitcher would deliver his ball, but he would be in position to field whatever came to him. Right. And now, because everybody's all about velocity, they're basically falling off the mound, not as bad as like Mitch Wild Thing Williams, but I mean, they're still like falling off the mound and they're in a they're in no position to field anything. Right. They're facing first base if they're they're righties, and they're facing you know third base if they're lefties. Yeah. Nobody. They're all in a very vulnerable position. Yeah. And that's why we're seeing these comebackers more and more nowadays. Yeah, I, that's a that's a great point. I that that, that I, didn't, I didn't think of that. And it's there. He was in a horrible position. Like he had. I think he's a is he a lefty? Uh, I don't know. I can't, I'm trying to remember. I, I watched the play when it happened last last yeah. night. Uh, so he's a, you know, I, I think he's a lefty. And if, if he, whatever, he's lefty or righty. He's falling off the mound. So his face is, his turned his face towards the batter. And he gets where he gets in the, the side. And uh, luckily, I guess they're, they're going to be able to do surgery once the swelling goes down. He's only got, he's only got a concussion yeah. and a fracture. <laughs> he's going to survive. But uh, yeah, I was thinking, like, what, what, at what point do we start? major league baseball start instituting something to help safeguard pitchers. Right. Cause I don't think batters are going to slow down their swing at all. No. And, and we'll, we're seeing that exit velocity is just climbing, right? All the time. Um, and then, uh, I don't know if you saw the Jack Morris got suspended today from yep. Tiger's podcast. Oh, what? what a, like, I mean, in this social climate, yeah, you would know better, right? to make it wasn't even, it wasn't a so, so did, did you actually listen to what he said yeah he, yeah he basically responded to a question in a in an accent yeah and in like a japanese-ish type japanese of accent. is kind of like yeah uh so yeah. so here you, you make a great point um not I, I don't think jack morris was doing it to be malicious no or no, to make no. fun of Shohei Otani. No. Um, I think Jack Morris comes from a different era. Yeah. He was trying to be funny. He was trying to be funny. And I think 10 years ago, maybe like 15 years ago, people, that would have been funny. Yeah. People would have laughed. And, that would not, and there wouldn't have been a second thought about it. But you're right. In today's social climate, you just, you can't, you can't do that. And yeah. you know, we're, we're supposed to be better than that. And I think... And as a broadcaster, he's been broadcasting for years now. So you would think that it's like, okay, guys, you know, like we can't really make fun of this. We can't use this kind of language. We can't, you would have thought that he would have thought about that. 
you know, like can't imitate accents. That's probably yeah. the biggest thing. Yeah. So there was, so Jack Morris has been suspended and he's going to take uh, racial training, <laughs> racial bias training. Yeah. Also we've had, uh, and then there was uh, a really big uh, a game about a week ago, the field of dreams game in Iowa. So the New York Yankees are officially the only baseball team to lose a game in Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> which so and apparently it was the most watched baseball game in 16 years. Yeah. Which is incredible. Obviously the Major League Baseball needs to do more of this type of thing. Yeah. The 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 thing is, you know, like you you're thinking okay, they're going to do how gimmicky are they going to make this? But they they did it so well. Yeah. Um I mean, Kevin Costner was phenomenal. Like he narrated all of the little videos that they would kind of, you know, show before the game and and then they had him walk out on the field and kind of look out and look at the crowd. Like they really played it out well. See, wasn't that? I, you're, I think you nailed it. It wasn't gimmicky. That was that's what I was worried about. Um, I didn't want to see um, Ray, uh, who's the actor that played Shoeless Joe Jackson. Ray Liotta. Ray, Ray Liotta come out of the like come out in left field. I, whatever. Like we know you're yeah. not a ball player. But even when Kevin Costner came out and just walked on the field. He was acting, right? You could see yeah. he was he was he was Ray Kinsella in that in that moment. Yeah, and uh, it blew me. I, I'm a I'm a big Kevin Costner fan. I think he's a great actor, and he Same. blew me away. He blew me away in that just just walking the field because he he just he owned it, right? Yeah, he was totally in character. When the, and when the when the uh, players came out of the cornfield, that was awesome. Like you just you get choked up, right? You, 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 <laughs> you can't you cannot. I had chills. I had yeah. chills. I just so there was there was that there was one he announces to the crowd is this heaven yeah. and they're like no it's, it's Iowa. Iowa yeah perfect right like any fan of the movie would would any fan of the movie was doing the lines with them yeah and I just thought they did they did such a great job on the field so I didn't know I've never I've never been to uh, Iowa or the Field of Dreams where it was shot so I I I thought they were actually playing on the actual field that the movie was shot at they weren't no <laughs> they actually created a, another field across from it right? yeah a I legit guess. major league baseball field yeah so the right <laughs> dimensions and but i thought they they still kept the same feel of it yeah right there was the fence wasn't like it was chain link and you can see the corn through it that was exactly it right and even here's like here's such here's just a, a touch they did they did so well with the scoreboard it looked like it was, wood it looked like wood and looked, it looked like it was manual i don't know if it was or not yeah uh, also when they when the when the guys came out of the cornfield and was being recorded, because this is a big thing for Fox television, they had the camera guys behind a piece of wood. So you couldn't see them. You couldn't see them in the outfield. Yeah. Like that was like that other, like, you know, major sporting events usually had the guys running around the field with cameras. So, but these guys were hidden behind that piece of wood recording what was going on. Yeah. And I think you could tell the players loved it. They did. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think it's great. I think I think Major League Baseball should play games. It's kind of like what hockey does, right? In the yep. outdoor classics, this is this should be something that we do yearly, kind of yep. thing. I, I think awesome. they they already announced who's playing next year. I think the Reds and uh, Cubs. the Cubs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I don't know who's going to want to watch the Cubs <laughs> play next year. But. Yeah, next year is not going to be a great year. like that. <laughs> and that's another thing, right? So when they announced the teams, they they said the first place White Sox against the mighty Yankees. Yankees. Yeah. Right. And the Yankees weren't out of it. They weren't, you know, in it, but I mean, they were close to it. Right. Yeah. 
So now that they're in it, like, I mean, it just played out well. Yeah. And you're right. Like next year, if, if the reds are terrible and the Cubs are terrible, you know, the game is, you know, maybe not as special, but like, I mean, and the game was fantastic. It was such a good ball game and a walk-off right from Tim Anderson into the yeah. cornfield, like into the cornfield. You couldn't script it any better. Yeah. Um, you, you, I, for me, yeah, I don't think you could, you could pick two better teams to represent the first game. I mean, of course you're going to have the white Sox. That's who are in the movie. Yeah. And who, who else are you going to put against them? But the New York Yankees. Yeah. I just thought it was, it was so well done. It sat what? 6,000 fans, 6,500 fans. Yeah. It wasn't big. And, and that's the nice thing is that they didn't do it to make money. Right. Well, they, they, I mean, they did, but I mean, like, like, to, oh, to, they, like it wasn't an attendance okay. thing, right? Right. It, it, and they didn't make the stands like 20,000 people. You know, it was just a regular like a minor league ballpark, really. Yeah. I, anyways, I, I, I love it. I think it's good on major league baseball after all the crap they deal with, with domestic violence and yeah. sticky substances and Trevor Bauer. I mean, good on them for, uh, for, for doing this right. I just, you know, I don't know about you, but it's probably my top three baseball movies of all time it is mine too i i I could probably go line by line and and of course since since the game came on i've been watching that movie nonstop. so (laughs) uh anyways i guess we'll move on to other news around the league since i I said trevor bauer's name i guess i'll talk about trevor bauer for a second his case is going to court yep um and apparently i just read this just recently too a couple hours ago he's going to plead the fifth really and so yeah, so he's not criminally being he's not he's not criminally charged. He's there's it's just a, it's a restraining order case. So he's gonna play he's gonna plead the fifth, which in the oh. states is he's not gonna say a word to the yeah, church. And she testified at her uh, her restraining order hearing, right? Because there's yeah. always a hearing for that. And um, I read some of the some of the detail. I don't even want to repeat it. It's just, nope. um, but it was it was it was hard to read. It it uh, it. it it was gross. It was plain and simple. And uh, I mean, I've, I've I've dealt with a lot of um, a lot of cases from where I work, and uh, I've never come across anything remotely like that. Yeah, it's it's sick, and I, I hope he never plays another game from Major League Baseball again. Yeah, and I just be honest, I don't think he will. No, I, but I, I, the Dodgers don't want him back, so the oh, Dodgers will have to figure it. him on his account. Yeah, so the Dodgers won't pick him up. I don't. I don't see any team who's going to pick him up. Yeah. Like who, who wants him? So he's done. I think he's, his career's finished with good. Yeah. I have no sympathy for Trevor Bauer whatsoever. <clears throat> nope. But let's say, Oh, and then uh, our last thing we should talk about for around the horn. We just, this, this came out just recently too. Uh, Major League Baseball is looking at adding not a salary cap, but a salary floor uh, yeah. of a hundred million dollars and a proposed, $180 million luxury tax threshold. Right. So, and you, you made a comment before the, the podcast of how this would work. So why don't you just explain a little bit about that? So essentially the minimum amount of money that a team could spend on their, on their roster would be a hundred million. And we've got quite a few teams that don't typically spend that, that much money. Like the Tampa Bay Rays have known to be frugal for years. Uh, same goes for the uh, Oakland athletics. So now you're, you're forcing these teams. Like I'm hoping, well, I'm kind of hoping it bankrupts the race because maybe they'll move to Montreal, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it'd be hard to kind of see these teams that aren't, you know, big market teams. Like Oakland's not a big market team. Well, they'll, they'll, they will probably be the Las Vegas A's I'm guessing next year. Right. 
And Tampa Bay has struggled to put fans in the seats for years, which is why their payroll has always been the lowest or one of the lowest in the league. So, so sorry to interrupt. So just, just to, just to, Add to this, so 18 teams right now in Major League Baseball are below 100 million dollars. 100 million dollars. The Rays, who are in first place in the American League, in all the American League, first place, they only attracted 5,000 fans last game. Wow. So, sorry, keep going. Yeah. So this changes a lot of the economics in in baseball. So what baseball is trying to do is prevent teams from purposely tanking, right? So like, for example, you're looking at the nationals and the Cubs, the Cubs basically stripped their, their roster down. Like they gave away all of their top stars stars. So Javi Baez is gone. Rizzo is gone. Chris Bryant's gone. The rest were all kind of like those middling players that were decent, but not, you know, superstars. So next year, they don't have to pay those big bucks on those guys. And they're going to bring up whatever rookies and, and minor league players that they have to kind Pillars, of fill in, right? yeah, to yeah. fill in those spots. Yep. So their roster is going to cost them bare minimum. Yeah. Well, now the league is going to say, well, you can't spend 45 million. You have to spend the extra 55. So now what do they do? They're going to probably try to find a veteran overpay him just so that they can start reaching their, their threshold. And, um, and this changes things for arbitration now because a player can say, well, if Bob for the Cubs, who is a 38 year old outfielder is getting 20 million a year and I'm way better than him. My stats were better than him last year. My, my war was better. I'm younger. I'm, I'm faster. I should get 20 million a year. Well, nobody's gotten 20, like some million a year in, in arbitration. I think Do- Josh Donaldson broke that threshold a couple of years and that's just because he was phenomenal and and it also affects other teams being able to negotiate with players because they'll use that exact same argument it's they'll it's prob- a mess you'll probably you won't get you'll get those guys who want to make who are going to want to make a lot of money they don't care if they win or lose yeah the guys who want to just get paid will go to those teams like like the cubs or the, the baltimore orioles they'll want to get paid, you know, 25 million. They'll go to those teams. They don't care about winning. And you're right. The guys that don't really want to contend, like the Jays say, the Jays say the Jays needed, let's take Josh Donaldson, for example, say yeah. he's a free agent next year. Well, the Jays really want him, but they can only afford him that whatever. Yeah. 18 million a year. Yeah. Well, he's going to go play for the Orioles for 25 million. He doesn't care if he wins or loses, but he wants to play because he wants to get paid. Yeah. Well, it's that you're right. It's not really fair. The rest of the year. I, I see I see the intention. I right? do. They're, they're trying to they're trying to stop what the Astros did in the early 2010s, 2011, 2012s, you know, finishing last every year, 100 losses for 3 years in a row till they get those prospects and then become a winner. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not great for baseball. I mean, look at Baltimore this year. It is. They're really like you could probably promote a Triple A team now and be better than the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. They're that bad. Same D- Detroit, same thing, right? Yeah. So, yeah, and it's, it's tough. It's really, really tough. I, I, I don't know how you fix that. And I think this is them trying to attempt to do this, but I mean, that all has to be negotiated. So the players association might veto this and say, there's no way that we're doing that because the luxury tax goes down, which means the top end, you know, those teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees and Red Sox who like to spend a lot of money, 
well, they'll have to pay a luxury tax at 180 million rather than 210 million, which it's set at right now. Right. And right. the luxury tax is 25% instead of 20%. And that's, see, and I was, I was going to say, I think the, like, the only solution really is a, is a salary cap. Yeah. Hard cap. I mean, hard cap, but that'll never fly. In baseball, it's never going to be passed, which is un- unfortunate because I, I just, you're right. You'll have those anomalies like the Tampa Bay Rays. Right, who spend forty million dollars and somehow, but you're gonna. How do you compete? How, if you're the Jays and you're spending like 140 million, 150 million, how do you compete against the Yankees who are spending 210 million, 220, yeah. or the Dodgers, or the Dodgers or the Padres, like a 300 million dollar infield? Like, how do you compete against that? Yeah, you compete if you're the Giants. Great, you had a one. No one can tell me that the, that the Giants, if you play this year over again, the Giants still finish in first place. Mm-hmm. I just, it's a one, it's a thing, I think it's a one off. It's consistency that usually is what you pay for, right? So I don't know. I, I think the hard cap is the only, the only solution in baseball, but it's, that's never going to happen, not in my lifetime. But I think that threshold is way too low because even the Jays, I think as they stand right now, they're a, comp- they're a competitive team. Yeah. And I don't think they're at 100 million. You think so? I don't think so. Cause they were down to like 65 million last year. Yeah. I think you're right. Cause you know, Guerrero's only making like 650,000. Bichette's about the same thing. Yeah. They're making league minimum. I, I think Guerrero's got part of his contract is because he wasn't a, um, I think he signed the contract. Oh, maybe not. Yeah. You're right. You know, I, I don't know. It's just well, he, because he signed his, he did sign, he signed a, he got a, a international signing bonus. Yeah. It was a signing three, bonus. It's Guriel. It's Guriel. That's got an actual contract with the term. Oh, does he really? Yeah. He's, he, he's got maybe two years left, but he's like, they're paying him peanuts, right? Like, you know, seven or 8 million a year. As, as, as we're talking, I'm trying to Google what the payroll is for the Jays and it's not giving me a, yeah. Total. So there's, yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that floor is a little high. I get that you want to put a floor, you know, get some teams spending money, but I mean, you got to look at the economics of some of the teams you already have that are competitive that don't reach that threshold. So the estimated final payroll for 2021 is $149 million. Really? Wow. Or hundred. Yeah. That's what, it, that's what, it, I don't know where this comes from, but Fangraphs, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Fangraphs has the estimated 2021 payroll of 149 million. Hmm. Well, it's because Springer, right? That's that Springer contract. That's right. Huge. Yeah. Review 80 million, one year 18 million for Simeon. And they're they're counting Brad Hand as well. Oh yeah. You know, they they brought in some big contracts. I think that's what we're we're kind of yeah. forgetting. So there's the, uh, I guess it's our, our end of the around the horn. Uh, we'll move on to our blue chips and dip segment. And I'd like to talk, we'd like to talk about a guy just, that just got called up um, this, I guess just today, actually. Yep. And I, I don't think we've actually talked about him. No. Because um, he has not, he hasn't been, like he was top 10. He's been good for like way back when. Yep. <laughs> but then he kind of fell off the table a little bit and. But we're going to talk about a little bit about Kevin Smith, who I think is ranked number, I want to say twenty-three. I think overall, yeah, prospect list. Twenty-three is twenty-three. I was right. Hey, look at that. <laughs> so he was drafted in twenty seventeen in the fourth round, one hundred twenty-ninth overall. Um, he's a six 
six feet tall, 190 pounds, 25 years old, bats right, throws right. Uh, he's got uh, he's got some pop. I think that's his his big attribute, right? Yeah. Uh, this year in Buffalo, I think he was batting around 280, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with 19 home runs and 63 RB. He was their probably their best hitter. Yeah, in 2018, that's when he like had his breakout because okay. he hit 302 with 25 home runs, and that was split between Single A and Dunedin. So that's where he was like, wow, like this, this guy is going to be something. And then they moved him to double a the following year in 2019. And then he hit 209 still had 19 home runs, but 209. So his batting average wasn't, uh, wasn't too great. Great. But he's kind of figured it out again this year. Yeah. So, and they, and they also called up, we haven't, we, we talked about him. I think Otto, Otto Velez was what, Otto, Otto Lopez. Lopez Velez, Lopez. There's so many Dominicans on our Dominicans and Puerto Ricans. Um, Otto, Lope, Otto Lopez got called up last week, I think. He's the guy we talked about. Yeah, he's number where's eight he gonna, on the list. Where's he going to play? I don't know. I don't think he's played yet, um, but he's an infielder, outfielder, so they, they can use him all over the diamond, really. Because uh, Kevin Smith has been playing shortstop, uh, third base, and the corner outfield positions, yeah. right? So. I mean, it's good to have those that versatility, yeah. especially with Springer out. I think we'll need to rotate the outfield a little bit more. And we lost, uh, um, we lost. <laughs> who's the outfielder I'm thinking of? We just lost to the Yankees. Uh, Center fielder. The Yankees Davis? picked him up. Davis. Yeah. Jonathan Davis. Davis. Jonathan oh. Davis. There it is. <laughs> nice call. Whew, uh, there you go. I thought it said Lake Ontario. You would have. <laughs> you you got it right away. Uh, he, yeah, we lost him to the Yankees. So I guess we like, we're kind of short, you know, veteran outfielders. Yeah. But, uh, it'd be, uh, I think with Kevin Smith, he's got some pop. It'd be nice to see. And I really think depending on what happens in the next couple of weeks, we'll see more, more younger guys. I think, uh, get yeah. some playing time. Well, and, and so here's the thing, right? Kevin Smith started off as a shortstop. And they're trying him at third because he's got the bat. Like if he's got power like this, then he's yeah. got the power to play third. Yeah. And the fact is that he's got some pretty good hands. Okay. So he might be the guy that they'll call up next year as a third baseman and move Kevin Biggio back to second. And then that Santiago Espinal is kind of your utility infielder, right? Right. Which is a great, I like Espinal. He's played so well. Like he's been hitting well. He doesn't have a lot of pop, but you don't need it. He plays great defensively. Yeah. And you know what? To be honest, and I, I was so hard on him. On, and we're going back to the Jays again. Um, I was so hard on him on the beginning of the year. Bichette, his defense has been, you know, it's gotten way better. Yep. In the like past three months, I think. I don't know if he'll ever be. Gold glove at short, but he's a lot. He reminds me a lot like of Trey Turner. Yeah, you know Trey Turner is not a gold glove shortstop, but he's also not a mediocre one. Right? Yeah, so, I don't know. I, I've been I've been impressed by our, our defense, especially. Yeah. And I I think having Simeon around really helped him with his defense. Yeah, like he's I mean he's been mentoring him. I mean they they've had interviews with uh, with Simeon and he says yeah like you know like you know, moving to second was, was difficult and I'm still kind of adjusting. 
Um, but you know, it's he's adjusting. I think he's made what four errors all year. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, he's, he's done a, a, a admirable job, admirable job at, at second. And, and I think he's been good for Bichette because he's the one that'll tell Bichette, you know, like that's a play you shouldn't have made a throw on. Cause a lot yeah. of his errors are throws that he makes that he should have just held onto the ball. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. it's a good point. He's uh, and and I think and I from what I've watched the past few games, he's kind of understood that, right? He hasn't made those those bad decisions. Yeah, he's made some good pickups. Uh, he made a really nice one in the hole today. I, I think he's yeah he's kind of learning. He, he's learning how to play the position, which good for him. And it's kind of hard to learn the position at the major league level. Uh, but anyways, I guess we'll uh, we'll call it a show for today. It's been about uh, it's been about an hour. I think it's been a good uh, good recap for the past couple of weeks. We haven't been on on our podcast. I think we'll try this again next week. Maybe on, uh, maybe on Tuesday, depending on, uh, on Ivan's schedule, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I don't know. I think my son's got a playoff game on Tuesday. Okay. All right. Well, we'll figure, we'll figure a day out either way. Okay. So for myself and uh, I'll say good night. I'll let Ivan do it himself. Have a good night guys. And we'll, and, see, uh, you next hopefully week. we'll see you next week. <laughs>